Welcome once again to Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. Uh, my name is Chris Levine, and I am so happy to have you by my side today. Today, we're going to be talking about subliminal messages. What are they? Do they really affect us? Well, let me paint you a picture to get us started. I was like nine-ish years old, and a group of people that my parents were with met at someone's house, and a guy who I didn't know gave I guess what you'd call a presentation. This is what happened. He had a stack of records, like vinyl records, and proceeded to play parts of each one of these records backwards. There was a bunch of us in a little room, and we were told to listen for something, and then he would play it, and we would hear it. Short version of the story, this was impossibly creepy. Now, this process is referred to as backward masking, and it's part of a larger animal that we again call sending subliminal messages. Now, this is all about being subjected to messages that part of our brain sees or hears, but we may not consciously notice that it's happening at all. Uh, this is happening all over the place. It's a very real thing. Uh, it's done very often in advertising. Sometimes they get caught, sometimes they don't. Maybe we can start with a few examples. One is the Wendy's hamburger chain. Now this is, it's its pretty pretty painless. It's, it's a really light touch, but it was also obviously very deliberate. If you look at their logo, right under the picture of the Wendy character is hidden in plain sight, the word mom. Now, experts say that in a sneaky way, this is associating the part of your brain that sees it, that fast food from this place somehow ties into a home-cooked meal, if you get it at Wendy's. Uh, keeping the fast food part of this theme going, there was a Kentucky Fried Chicken restaurant ad that they had a dollar sandwich that it was marketing. They were sandwiches, they were selling them for a buck. Just in case you forgot it was a dollar, right inside the lettuce in the ad picture, which ran on television, was a very small hidden image of a tiny dollar bill. These things happen. Why do they happen? What's the point of it? Well, the website Psychologist World helps us with this. Here's what it says. It says various types of studies of subliminal perception have been conducted. For example, they've taken patients who were under anesthesia and who were completely unaware of what was going on around them because they were unconscious. Although the patients themselves reported no knowledge of events while they were out, more indirect methods of examining what they can recall confirmed that the information was perceived around them even without any conscious awareness. That's how all this works. So even though they weren't conscious of the fact that the stuff was going on around them, part of their brain was picking it up. But pop culture is flooded with this kind of thing. 
and I'm not really saying I'm against it, and I'm also not an, obviously not an advocate for it. It's just there. Uh, sometimes it does it to advertise, like we mentioned. Sometimes it doesn't. For example, there are some people who like to go to Disneyland, and then there are the, the hardcore people that love to go to Disneyland. And, and hardcore visitors of Disneyland, they go there not just to ride the rides and to soak up the atmosphere, but some of them go with the quest of finding the hidden Mickeys that are all over the park. Think, think the shape of the Mickey Mouse mouse ears here. There are hundreds of these hidden all over the park. Here's some examples. On the Jungle Cruise ride in Adventureland, the Jungle Cruise wooden sign has textures that are kind of put into it. Under the J of Jungle Cruise, there are three bumps from which you could easily form the Mickey, and it was done on purpose. In Fantasyland, there's one of the rides there that's Peter Pan's Flight. While you're on this thing and you're flying over the simulated London, if you look at the tower above Big Ben's face, you'll see some lighted windows in which one has a small Mickey silhouette. In Tomorrowland, if you go on that Star Tours ride, once you're seated for the attraction, C-3PO introduces himself as your captain. If you look closely, you'll see a small white Mickey Mouse head on his right forearm near his wrist. And in Frontierland, if you're on the Mark Twain riverboat, look up at the two black smokestacks. There's a metal ornament piece between them, which includes two sideways Mickey heads. So these are things that are done on purpose, and people enjoy it, especially the ones that are looking for them. And I'm just scratching the surface. There are hundreds of them hidden in Disneyland, and I'm sure in the other Disney parks as well. But let's spend some more time on the music angle, though, when it comes to subliminal messages. Now, one thought is that often you don't hear something until you're told it's there, and it still might be wrong. I buy into this completely. Going back to that example at the beginning, I don't think if I was told to listen for specific words that I may have actually heard them. A, a classic example is in the song Strawberry Fields Forever by the Beatles. People swore they heard, after they'd been told it was there, the words, I buried Paul. Later, though, it was actually proven to be John Lennon saying the words, cranberry sauce. But if we're told that it said, I buried Paul, we may hear, I buried Paul, because we're ready to hear, I buried Paul. What's interesting, too, is when artists do no actual addition of messages to their music. They just don't do it, but people hear them anyway. This has gotten a few artists into trouble for ultimately not doing anything. Probably the two biggest cases of this involve some metal artists. Uh, one example is the band Judas Priest. Uh, they were actually sued and blamed for the suicides of two young men in 1985. Ironically, the song in question wasn't even their song. The song Better By You, Better Than Me was a cover song. Now, this song legitimately contained no secret messages. But when the plaintiffs said they were there, 
and someone really listened for them, they could make out something. Still, the case was thrown out of court. Similarly, another person that this happened to was Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, if you go back a little bit in time, he recorded a song called Suicide Solution. Now, the word solution is used in the sense of a liquid, like a liquid solution. The song was about people drinking themselves to death, and it was almost like a warning. The plaintiffs stated that the song had the hidden message, why try, get the gun, and shoot. But this was not actually in the song. People were told to listen for it, and you could make out something that kind of sounded like it if you were told in advance, but it wasn't in the song. Now look, I'm a parent, and if my son died after listening to Blizzard of Oz, I might want to blame it or something else simply because of the sadness and the misery of the whole situation. But ultimately, neither Ozzy Osbourne or Judas Priest actually did anything wrong in these cases. I also think that there's a little bit of this going on too. Per their images, especially at the time, they were really easy to make monsters out of. But again, these sad and confused kids made their decisions, not because imaginary messages were on records, but because they were troubled. Now, some artists do add purposefully subliminal messages to records. Some do it for fun. The B-52s did it. They have a song called Detoured Through Your Mind, and they recorded two things that you can discover if you play that song backwards, and it's legitimate. They admit to it. They start off by saying, I buried my parakeet in the backyard, <laughs> just to be silly. And then, just as silly, they say, and if you play it backwards, I think this is epic. It says, oh, no, you're playing the record backwards. Watch out. You might ruin your needle. There's another song. It's called Fire on High by the Electric Light Orchestra, or ELO. If you play that backwards, it says, the music is reversible, but time is not. Turn back, turn back, turn back, turn back. And it's interesting. This was kind of their way of getting back at individuals that accused them for putting messages in their songs when they didn't. So then they just started doing it for the fun of it. Pink Floyd did this too. On their song, Empty Spaces, in part, you hear the words, congratulations, you've just discovered the secret message. Please send your answer to Old Pink, Care of the Funny Farm. Now, I love being shown this stuff. Subliminal messages and advertising, I find all this stuff really, really interesting. Again, I'm not a promoter of it, and I'm not scared of it. I just find it really interesting. The hidden things in logos, for example, you know what? Go look up FedEx or Amazon on your own and look up hidden messages in their logos. As many times as you may have seen their logos, you may not have completely seen their logos. There are things hidden in them that you may not have noticed, but you may have picked up subliminally. The question, though, and how we can wrap this up is by basically putting this question forward. Do subliminal messages actually hurt us? Well, there's a website called The Psychology Spot, and it helps us with this. I'm going to read some of it to you. It starts by saying subliminal messages are processed in the brain, but they fail to reach consciousness. 
about how they could affect our behaviors and decisions is still a widely researched issue. And although the opinions of the psychologists are very different about it, the popular beliefs establish a cause-effect linear relationship between the emission of the message and the behavior of the person. However, the incidence of subliminal messages is stranger than their creators can imagine and sometimes can generate the exact opposite effects. It also says that subliminal messages kindly only act as a primer, meaning that certain ideas implanted in our minds can grow or maybe not grow depending on the need that we experience relatively to the object in question. In other words, many of us truly feel the desire already to drink something, to buy something, to get this or to get that brand, but often the impulse remains repressed until subliminal messages may act as a trigger, kind of helping push us or push that desire into what we consider at that point to be a necessity. It closes this way. It says, as persons, we all have certain needs and pulses, but we can control them and give our preference to other activities. When there are strong beliefs, ideas, and well-founded thoughts, the subliminal advertising will have little incidence. You know what? I think that's very true. I think that's the most brilliant way to put it. Even with totally conscious messages being thrown at us, which are much stronger because we're totally aware of them, you still call the shots. So here we go. You see the commercial. It's got the swimming pool in it. And now you want to go somewhere and go swimming, but you have the flu, so you know you shouldn't. The commercial does not control you you control you. Yeah, it makes it look good, but you decide what you're going to do. I think about learning to drive. Uh, back when I learned to drive, I remember I was attempting to make a left turn against traffic and my father was sitting next to me and he told me, don't let the people behind you push you into turning prematurely. If they push you by beeping their horn or whatever, and you turn too soon to try to appease them, you're going to be the guy who's in the accident, not them. They get to go home with no damage to their car. So you use your judgment and you turn when you feel it's safe. And I think this logic can be applied to our subject today as well as to life in general. If I'm having a bad day, I'm not going to consult Ozzy <laughs> or Rob Halford. Why? I don't know these guys. Now, I would imagine if I did know them personally and they were my friends that they probably want to cheer me up instead of bringing me down further because that's what friends do. And I would hope that they would come to me for me to do the exact same thing to provide some comfort to them as well. Being positive and making good choices is ultimately on us. And yes, while it's true that our association can heavily affect us and can push us towards decision-making, Venturing out into the traffic to make the left is up to the driver, not who's pushing you or beeping the horn behind you, and definitely not up to the artists that you're listening to on the radio at the time. We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist that will be a nice soundtrack to the kind of a day that I hope you're having. We have for you this time around a Refresher podcast Subliminal messages, you will listen to this 
playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast dash Subliminal Messages. You will listen to this and it'll be right there. You know, I was going to include all the songs that are thought to have backward messages in them. Then I thought again and I decided to take a different route. Like, like let's say I would have put the ELO song, because they got a couple of them that have backward messages on them. And let's say it prompted you somehow subliminally to go buy a donut. So you subsequently cheat on your diet and then you never listen to this podcast again because I ruined everything. I couldn't live with myself. So this is the route I decided to take instead. We're going thematic. Track number one is an instrumental piece entitled Count Backwards to Black by the band Black Moth Super Rainbow. I had never heard of this of this group before until I interviewed Mike Watt. He's obviously from the Minutemen and Firehose, and he plays bass with the Stooges now. I asked him, who are you into at the moment? This is a few years ago. And he name-checked them, as well as Tame Impala. So Count Backwards to Black by Black Moth Super Rainbow. Number two is Listen to Me by the late artist named James Thomas Ramey, but his stage name was Baby Huey. Have you ever heard this? His album, the one probably, I don't know if he has more than one, but the most famous one that I've ever seen. He's a killer soul singer. You'll enjoy this song. Listen to me. Number three is In Hiding by Pearl Jam. Number four is Messages by Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark, OMD. Number five is Some Things Just Stick in Your Mind by Vashti Bunyan. Number six, another instrumental, Deciphering the Message by Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers. Number seven, from the advertising angle of this whole thing, is the song Salesman by the Monkees. Number eight, it's a seven plus minute piece by the Grateful Dead that's called That's It for the Other One. It's on the Anthem of the Sun record. Part one of it is called Cryptical Envelopment. And that's what we've got for our eighth track. Number nine, quite possibly one of the most soulful deep tracks by the classic Roth era Van Halen from their Diver Down album. The song is called Secrets. I've loved that song since the 80s. It's a good one right there. I kind of wish they had a whole album like that. I would have loved to hear that. And number 10 is a song called My Mirage by Iron Butterfly. Well, that's our new playlist. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast dash Subliminal Messages. You will listen to this. We would like to welcome some new listeners again to our program. Our demographic report shows that we now have listeners in Queens, New York, and especially in Atlanta, Georgia, where you are listening heavily. There's a big spike there. So thanks so much out there, and welcome, everybody, to Refresher. As always, guys, this show would not exist without you. If you could all do me a favor and please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends. Also, what would be great is if you could help keep this podcast stay up and running. If you would like, you can make a small monthly contribution. Just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. If you are so inclined, that would be great. 
but please, 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 please listen to this. Whether you make a contribution or whether you don't, it doesn't matter. Just feel free to listen and enjoy this show anytime you want and to pass it along to someone who you think might enjoy it too. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive, and the song is called A Day Late, and it was written by Mr. John Villafuerte. There is a gnat in this room. It's been flying in front of my face this entire time, and I'm wondering if it's going to affect the audio because I'm waving my arms constantly. I mean, I generally, if you can picture it, I'm a gesturer. I've got the whole Italian thing where I speak with my hands, so I'm all over the place and I'm animated. You throw the gnat in on top of it, and it's like I'm doing gymnastics in here. Anyway, until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor. And remember that there's a big difference between worry and concern. I appreciate you, and we'll see you next time.